So we are going to discuss the camping of the Jewish people around the Mishkan. I mentioned this briefly in passing yesterday. We'll discuss it now in great detail today. The center of the camp of the Jews was the Mishkan, correct? Around the Mishkan, as I explained yesterday, was on the east side was Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Family of priests. On the west side, you had uh, the family of Gershon. On the south side, you had the family of Kahas. On the north side, you had the family of Merari. Okay, that's around the actual Mishkan. They had 2,000 Amas that was their territory. Now, past that, we have the different camps, as we discussed yesterday. But today, I'm going to give you a little bit of the significance of why each camp was where they were and the flags that they were under. So the Torah tells us that the Israelites, I'm quoting now the verse at the beginning of chapter 2, that each al-digloi, each man, by their flag, by the insignia, or by the symbol, by the icon of their father's house, that is where they should camp. So the idea of having flags and having an insignia, which today is you know, every country has their own flag, every state has their own flag, and it's, uh, even different families, their own you know, flags are a sign of, of tribalism and nationalism. In fact, some people in America think that flags is a bad thing. They think that flags is very, uh, very uh, uh, divisive and you know, separates us, which are all the citizens of one global united universe, and why do we have flags and separation? The Torah clearly wanted the Jewish people to camp in separated groups, even though the Torah wants us to be all united as one. Right? Uh, coming up to Shavuot, so when the Jews camped on Mount Sinai, how did the Jews receive the Torah? Because we were camped together in unity, like one man with one heart. God not only wants, but in order to receive the Torah, we need to be unified, we need to be united. Nevertheless, Hashem clearly instructs us that the way the Jews should camp is by their flags. And the very first time that you find the idea of division of people by flags is not from the nation, it's actually in the Torah. The nations that have flags and have their own insignias took it from the way they saw the Jews camp. In fact, it just tells us when the Jews, when the nations of the world saw how beautifully each tribe was camped under their own camp, under their own flag, they were jealous of the Jewish people, and they, they sent verses describing their, their uh, envy of how beautiful it was that the Jews could live. And I was talking about this in the sermon before, how the Jews could live united as one nation, and yet appreciative of their distinctive, unique cultures and backgrounds, etc. It's very important. See, I'll go off subject for one quick second. People think that it's a flaw, that there's like Sardi Jews and Ashkenazi Jews, and somehow history messed up a little bit. Really, all Jews should be one. We should all have the same culture and the same laws and the same customs. The fact that there's different customs and different kinds of Jews, it's a, it's a flaw. That you know, Some Jews were living in Eastern Europe and some Jews were living in the, in the Moroccan, you know, the Arab countries. Uh, that they, and they didn't have email. They didn't have phone lines back then. They didn't have a way of communicating one to the other. So different cultures evolved over generations. But it's a flaw. It's not supposed to be that way. Ideally, you should all be the same. <laughs> That's not what Hashem wants. Hashem was that there should be Hasidic Jews, and there should be Litvish Jews, and there should be uh, these kinds of Jews, and Orthodox Jews, and modern Orthodox I don't know if I say he wants non-religious Jews, but every Jew is in their own unique, in their own unique blend, in their own unique style, and how they serve Hashem. It's exactly how Hashem wants it to be. That's the different flags. Anyway, long enough of that. So, on the east side of the Mishkan, on the east side of the Mishkan, you have three tribes, 
led by Yehuda. Yehuda was a chief tribe. There's a discussion in the commentaries if there was one flag for all three, or each had their own flag. Each tribe had their own flag. If there was a third, a fourth flag that was for all three, or just the flag of Yehuda's was bigger than the other two, and the other two flags flew under the flag of Yehuda. But either way, Yehuda is from the kings. The kingdom of the Jewish people is the rising sun. So to the sun that rises in the east is where Yehuda was, together with Yisachar, who is the Torah scholars, and Zevulon, who are the merchants that supported the Torah scholars. So because Yisachar and Zevulon had a partnership where Yisachar learned, and Zevulon were the merchants, the, uh, the trucking business or the shipping business back then, you know, import and export, so they supported the Torah scholars and they got the merit of the Torah learning, and therefore together they are on the east side, which is represented by the rising sun. After that comes the tribe of Shimon. Shimon is the lead tribe over here. He is on the, uh, well, actually, not so, sorry, Reuven. Sorry, I, I skipped the line. Reuven. Reuven was on the south. Why is Reuven on the south? Because the dew and the rain comes from the south. Second. Okay, so Reuven, the next camp is a camp of Reuven in the south. Why is Reuven in the south? Because Reuven is the first Baal Teshuvah. Reuven is the first person that sinned and recognized his sin and spent his life atoning for his sin, which was when he moved his father's bed from, his, from his, the maid's tent, from Bela's tent, to his mother's tent, etc. And he spent many years after him fasting and then atonement. What is rain? Rain comes from the south. Dew comes from the south. We're going to have a lot of rain this weekend. How does rain come? From evaporation. The water has to be evaporated out of the ocean, and that's what brings it back down. And there's hotter water in the, in the water, and it makes uh, wind, whatever, as, that's how tropical storms work. But the point is that Reuven represents rain, because the rain comes as a result of what happened down here below first, the evaporation of the water below. So Reuven, who did teshuva, represents the rain and the blessings that come from the blessing of rain. Under the, under the, uh, the banner of Reuven is also God and Shimon. God is warriors, and they have the power to bring out God's blessing upon the Jewish people, just like the Baal Teshuvah does. And Shimon was there next to these two great people, Reuven and God, both who bring forth tremendous blessing. And rain is Shimon. Shimon is the only tribe not to be blessed. Not a long discussion. Shimon sinned with the... Uh, they kill the Shechem, Yaakov does not bless him, and therefore he gets you know, reprimanded by his father, together with Levi, and Levi and Shimon don't get the blessings. And therefore Levi is their own tribe, they get blessed later. But Shimon doesn't get blessed, and therefore it's put between uh, two very powerful, spiritually powerful tribes to give him blessing. Okay, that's the south. On the west side, we have Ephraim, and, oh, I one more thing. So what's the total number of the tribes of Reuven? Let's see if I can find it quickly. If not, we'll just leave it alone. Uh, the total is uh, 59,000. God is a total of 45. So the total for this group was 151,450. Okay, Torah tells us that. Then, after the first two groups traveled, then the Mishkan traveled, right in the very middle. So you have two groups of these camps travel together, three and then three, and now the Mishkan. Now there's a big debate amongst, in the Talmud, how did the Mishkan travel? So it says here in the verse, this is what the verse 17 says, Kasher yachanu 
As they camped, so they should travel. Each man according to their banners in their own place. Okay? The implication, the clear implication of this verse is that they travel literally the way they were camped, meaning in formation. So as we described yesterday, they were camped like in a big square. The Mishkan in the middle. Around that Mishkan you have the three sons of Levi and the family of the priests, the family of Aaron. And around that you have the twelve tribes and the cattle of the twelve tribes and then the clouds of glory and around that the area of Rav. So that's how they traveled, in that formation. Now there's a different verse in chapter 10 that seems to imply that they traveled in a straight line. Meaning first, like you might when you have like a big class, and they're lining up. Well, let's say you have uh, going out of an airplane, even right. You don't have going out of the plane the way that they're seated. You get into the aisle, single file out the aisle, and you got to wait for everyone to get into the line. So yes, they were they, they camped, they traveled the way that they. It's a different verse, but they traveled in order. First was Yehuda's flag, then excuse me, then there's going to be Reuven's flag, and then it's going to be the Mishkan. And after the Mishkan is going to be the tribe of Ephraim, the flag of Ephraim, etc., that order. Each has a verse that's very clearly proving their understanding of how the Jews travel. So is one preferred? No, each has a clear verse. The verse in our parasha is clear that they traveled as they camped. That's what it says. Ka'asher yachanu, as they camped, came so, so do they travel. Each has to explain the other verse to try and make it fit. Anyway, I don't want to go too distracted. So now we come to the camp on the west side. That's the camp of Ephraim. So you have Ephraim, and Ephraim is on the west because the west is a source of snow and hail and frost and heat, basically all the forces of destruction. That's from the west. And therefore, since Rachel was spiritually able to ward off destruction, Rachel sleeps in you know, her, her place of resting, is the place to protect her children from destruction. Therefore, the ones, the tribes that are on the side of destructive forces on the west are tribes that have the blessing of Rachel to protect from these destructive forces. So it's Ephraim, Menashe, the two sons of Yosef, and Binyamin. And then, what's going to be the total for these three tribes? The total for the tribes of, Rube, of, of Ephraim, Menashe, and Binyamin is 62,000... Sorry, 108,100. 108, the smallest of the four groups. And then finally, on the last, is going to be the tribe of Dan. Dan was the leader of the last group. They were the ones of darkness. King Yeravam, from the tribe of Dan, set up uh, big uh, houses of idol worship in the territory of Dan. And also north of the side of Mazikin, of also destructive forces. And therefore, they have to fix their mistakes. So here you have the tribe of Dan, of Usher. Usher was blessed with olives, which was used for the menorah, a symbol of wisdom. And the Usher was a very blessed tribe with a lot of wealth and riches with the oil. And Naphtali also had a lot of blessings from Hashem. Naphtali, their blessings were very, very fast in coming, like the harvest goes very, very quickly. And that's why Naphtali and Usher are together with Dan also to try and counterbalance the darkness of the north. And the total of, of the tribe of Dan is 157,600. <coughs> now when Moshe heard that this is how the Jews are going to camp, he got very afraid. He says to Hashem, I'm going to tell the Jews to go in this place. They're not going to listen to me. <laughs> you heard, Dan said, I don't want to be in the north, I want to be on the east, etc. They're not going to listen. So Hashem says to Moshe, don't worry about it. They already know this is the way they're going to camp. How do they know this is the way they're going to camp? 
and Yaakov passed away, Yaakov told his sons exactly how he wants them to carry his coffin. And he then positioned 12 of his, well, 10 of his children and two of his grandchildren on four sides of his coffin. And he said, Levi will not carry because Levi is going to be the priest of the Jewish people. Yosef won't carry because he's the, prince, the prime minister of Egypt. So his two sons and, uh, and, and Levi is not going to carry. So that's the 12 tribes. Exactly as Yaakov told his sons to carry the coffin is how Hashem told the Jews to camp on each, on each side. Now, I'm not going to go through the 12 f- flags. I mean, here, the, mission, the Medrash explains each one of the flags, the different icon on it. Maybe I'll go through very quickly. Just go what was on each flag. Just very quickly. The flag of Reuben was red, and it had on it Dudai, which is flowers. Remember the story of Reuben with the flowers that he gave his mother? Yes. Tribe of Yehuda was blue, like royalty, and it had on it a lion. The flag of Ephraim was black, and it had on it a bull. The flag of Dan was, was a sapphire color and had a serpent, a snake. Dan in its blessing was like Nachash, like a snake that attacks the enemy by the heel and makes the horse jump up and throw off its rider. Dan also traveled on the back to collect anything that got lost by the Jewish people. They were the last to travel. They collected all, should have said, when Dan traveled last, they collected any lost items or any lost Jews from the Jewish people. The flag of Shimon was green, and on their um, flag was a city of a picture of a city like walls, representing the city of Shechem that Shimon had destroyed. Uh, Yisachar's flag was black and the hat under the sun and the moon. The flag of Benjamin was very colorful. It was a wolf, a wolf, hence the name wolf is connected to Benjamin, like you have people called Benjamin Zev, a wolf and Benjamin are connected, um, who consumes its prey. The flag of Usher was the color of green, of an olive, etc., olive tree. That was their tribe of blessed with olives. The flag of Gad was out of troops, because they were the militarily the strongest of the tribes. They were on the border cities. They were the ones that had the power to fight for the Jewish people. The flag of Zulu was white with the color, a picture of a ship. Because I mentioned they were in the shipping industry, and they made a lot of money. They were very wealthy merchants who supported the Torah scholars in the tribe of Yisachar. Menashe um, had the color of a re'em. Well, Yisachar was the sun of the moon, because they were Torah scholars, the light of the, of the wisdom of Torah. Menashe was black, and there was like a, the Re'em is that multicolored uh, animal, the unicorn that was used for the uh, Tachashkint. And then Naftali was purple color. That was the idea of a, a picture of a deer that runs very, very fast. So to their blessings came very quickly. And finally, the flag of Levi was the Urim Vitum. They didn't have, I don't know if they had a flag, they were the Urim Vitum. Anyway, that's the story of the flags and the, the importance, how God does not want a monolithic Judaism. God wants a diversity of the Jewish people in many different ways. Okay?